There we go. Um, We're on a series uh, called He Is With Us, and I'm charged with talking about a Holy Spirit-empowered life, as you will see on the screen. I guess I'm quite excited about that. Uh, God has been doing quite a lot in me in recent times, uh, moving by his Holy Spirit. And what I'm expecting for us is that we will also encounter God this morning. So there will be plenty of time at the end to pray and to ask God for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, I don't know what life's been like for you. I've been reflecting over the last six months of what's been happening for me. And I work three days a week for the University of Oxford and two days a week for, uh, for the church here. In my three days a week, God has been doing something unusual that I'm still learning about. Uh, I don't quite know what's, what's going on with me, but I've ended up working with some guys. Oh, my clicker, come on, clicker. There we go. I've been working with some guys. I've ended up becoming really close friends with a guy who runs the SETI Institute. The SETI Institute is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. (laughs) God leads us in, what's it, mysterious ways or something like that? Um, I have ended up becoming really good friends with my mate Bill, who is the boss of the SETI Institute. And we're starting to form a collaboration between the SETI Institute in Silicon Valley, a bunch of tech companies like Apple and Google and others over there, and a bunch of bright researchers over in Oxford and indeed around Europe. And we're hosting a program. There's NASA Frontier Development Lab written up there. He hosts a NASA Frontier Development Lab. I've ended up hosting a a European Space Agency Frontier Development Lab, which is basically bringing artificial intelligence researchers and space researchers together to crack difficult problems that space agencies have and others. And you think, how on earth did I end up doing this sort of thing? Uh, I have no technical background in the mathematics that's needed for machine learning and artificial intelligence. I don't really understand space science very well uh, and and the cosmos that well. But God has somehow put me into an area where he's stretching me considerably. You'll see that stretch is going to come out a bit this morning. And he's put me in with some people. I don't even know what I think about aliens. What do you think about aliens? What does the Bible... The Bible says some things about aliens, but not of this kind. The Bible talks about widows and aliens in the same, in the same sentence. But I don't kind of think that it's the sort of aliens that we're talking about who we might be listening out for. These guys, these SETI, they have a bunch of telescopes funded by one of the founders of, uh, I think it's the founders of Google, which are just searching for signals from the, from the, uh, the cosmos to maybe show some intelligent life. I'm like, how on earth have I ended up working with these guys? I tell you what, it is great fun and very interesting, but... Uh, Yeah, God has been stretching me, shall we say. Um, And I'm also finding myself on a journey of... uh, Well, there's a strange thing about these people. They say, so are you Star Trek or Star Wars? So we get all these students together and they go, are you Star Trek or Star Wars? Have you ever had that question asked of you? You maybe have. Oh, man. I didn't realize it was a normal question to ask people. There's There's a few of certain sort of techie guys over this side who are nodding, by the way. I, I just, I don't know whether anyone else is. So I have to then admit that 
You, you know, I used to see Darth Vader really regularly um, because he used to drop his kids off at my primary school. So I went to, and, and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. You are, you are amazing. You've been to this primary school with Darth Vader's kids. He had a nice Rolls Royce even in those days, but he was the green cross code man then, which was a, a thing on telly to teach you how to cross the road right, rather than being D- Darth Vader. So, um, so, I, yeah, so I end up with these guys, these, these scientists, and they go to me, so um, does he say, I am your father, regularly? Did he used to say that to his kids? I never heard him say, I am your father, to his kids. But. So I have some little bit of credibility with the guys in this space world. But anyway, God's got me on an adventure. I don't quite know where it's going, but it leads me to God's expanding something in my heart through this and something in my imagination through this that I'm not quite sure where I'm going to get to, but nevertheless, it's fun and it's good. So stretching. I feel like God spoke to me when I was asking him about what to do this morning, and he said, one word, and he sometimes does this to me. He goes, stretch. And I feel like God's got something for us in stretching. There's something he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives to stretch us. It's time to stretch. Stretching sideways, stretching in that sort of way, which I'm not quite sure I can do physically. Um, but God has got us on this stretching. That's what I think he wants to do in our lives at the moment. What does that actually mean? Does it mean we all need to go to these sorts of classes with this sort of person and do those sort of things? I don't think it means that. There is Moses who stretched out his hands and parted the Red Sea. Indeed, God stretched out his hand over creation. Indeed, Elisha stretched himself out on the body of a boy who had just died, and the boy came back to life. So there's something about stretching that God's got for us. I'm not sure it's any of those particular things that he's got for us, but I believe he wants us to stretch. And when you stretch, it's, you know, it's usually getting your muscles stretched out. That's the, that's the most context that we ever think of of stretching is that morning thing where we go and we we stretch out our muscles and we feel a bit more relaxed and able to get on and do things I feel like God has us on a journey of stretching as a church where he wants more coming into our muscles he wants us to be ready and limbered up ready for what he wants to do but there's a few things I think he really wants to get us into um a few foundational things that he wants to do in us that are really important initially in order to enable us to move forward in this. I'm going to talk in a minute about spiritual gifts. We're going to end up praying for more of the Holy Spirit. But it starts here. It starts with an intimacy with God. A number of you will know that I was over visiting Bill in the SETI Institute in February, and I managed to nip up by three and a half uh, hours driving to the Bethel Church in in Reading in California, which is a church which is uh, full of the Holy Spirit. And prophetically, God spoke to me through a number of people there saying, intimacy with God, get time away with him. And... I've recognized that that's something that I need to do, but I also believe it's something for all of us to do. If we're going to go on a journey with him and the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, we need to get intimate with God. 
it's a prerequisite. It's important to spend time with him. I don't know what you're like, but for me, this is one of the most challenging things in life. Somehow everything else creeps in and crowds in upon your day, and you struggle with actually making enough time to be intimate with him. So this might be your first challenging point of the morning. It's time to be intimate with God. It's time to get that time alone with him. Paul uh, writes about this in Philippians. I've got a few scriptures from Philippians that I want to bring out this morning because I believe God wants to speak through this. Paul was someone who really pursued God. And I want to read out this scripture because I think it gives, if anything, a sense of his heart and his attitude towards God and intimacy with him. It says in Philippians 3, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Maybe this is an American translation, I don't know. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Next slide, please. My clicker's not working. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I can get in that scripture, I don't know whether you can, Paul's energy and determination to follow Christ and to go with him. He wants to know Christ, the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. He wants to know Christ, and I believe that's fundamental for us at this time, to have that similar passion. If you don't have that passion, can I encourage you to ask God for it? I'm sure he wants to stir that in us. He wants to stir a passion to follow him. And Knowing him then leads on to this, knowing the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings. It's about knowing him. It's all about knowing him. And you can see Paul's energy there, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Straining, you know, being that stretching, isn't it? It's that, ah, I want to know Christ. Let's be like that ourselves as well. I think a second thing, that this is something God spoke to me about at the beginning of this week. Carol and I prayed this through a bit. I've put, you might be befuddled by this, uh, this picture for a minute. Um, 
I was praying about, I've got quite a lot of things I do in my life, whether it's working with aliens or working with people in the church. I, I end up doing an awful lot of stuff in my life. And um, sometimes there's too much, you know, there's too many pressures and too many things. And, and God said to me at the last weekend, he said, I've got some valeted parking set up for you. And I thought, what? And I, and I felt him say, give the keys to each of these problems to the car valeting service, and they'll take away, and they'll park your problems for you. Uh, <laughs> and so here is a parking valet taking a car away from a lady. And the picture is there to remind me and remind us that God has a way of taking these problems and burdens that we have, which otherwise distract us from that intimacy with God. It says in the Psalms, uh, David writes, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Do not be anxious about anything, Paul writes in Philippians again, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Philippians passage is one of my favorites. It's so succinct and clear and says, just give these things to God and he will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's critical if we're to get this intimacy with him. What, what I find, I don't know what you find, is when I've got all these cares, all these worries, I focus on them. I'm too busy praying about them and God says, Give them to me and look to me and just be intimate with me and spend time worshipping me, spend time just being yourself with me. I think that's critical if we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and moving on with him. And I would encourage you to do that. What happened to me when I prayed that, it was as though, I don't know whether you find this, but sometimes God says something. The, the picture for me about the, uh, the, the car valeting service, there was something about me just saying, Lord, I give you the keys to this. Can you take and park it? There was something, a faith that arose in me that enabled me to do that in a way that was more than just, I don't know, just the mechanism of doing it. There was a sense in me that God had said something to me, and I went, oh, yes, I'll do that. And actually, this week for me has been freer, more free, than I have been for some time around a number of issues. It may be God wants to just speak something into your heart this morning and say, yeah, maybe it's this scripture that just grips you and you go, yes, I need to do that. I would encourage you. We're, we're, I'm going to break in a minute and we're going to pray. And I'm just going to pray through a few of these things because I feel like these are foundational to moving on in the Holy Spirit. And I'd like us to... I'd like us just to be aware of that and to say, more, more, Lord, and would you deal with these things? But there's one other, there's one other area uh, that I'd also like to talk about, and that is expecting God's provision for us in our lives. So um, these are some people putting up a marquee, but it's the nearest picture that I could find to a, to a scripture that I've, I've enjoyed for many a year about God saying, extending the place of your tent. Um, so the scripture is from Isaiah 54. And this is another stretching picture. But it's, I believe it goes alongside this intimacy and alongside this letting go of things that trouble us. Isaiah writes, enlarge, 
the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I'll just stop at the end of that top scripture because there's the other one below it. But I just feel like God's still saying that to us. And he's saying that to us this morning. It's a scripture which Steve Thomas, who started this church, shared with us very regularly and uh, was constantly on about this one. But I believe it's still God's word over us to continue to stretch and God will meet our needs. I've been reading through Deuteronomy in my daily reading of the Bible just recently, and I came across this bit, which I really liked, which I feel is also for us at this time. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. There's something about the abundance of God's provision in the promised land. We've been doing a series just before this one about pictures of going into the promised land. And this is what it was like for the Israelites. They inherited things that they didn't build. Houses that filled with good things that they did not provide, wells that they did not dig, and vineyards that they did not, and olive groves they did not plant. There's something of God's provision for us for this season, which I'd like to encourage us for. Chris gave an excellent testimony earlier about God's abundant provision. That was four times the original value, but God gave 12 times more. Isn't that wonderful, God's provision for us? Can we be expectant of God's provision at this time? Because I believe he wants to give more. I wanted to also highlight the area of money, um, and hence Chris has done that already. I felt God speak to me through an interesting situation. So three weeks ago, I had to leave our family meeting after, after a Sunday service. Uh, at ten past two, after giving a talk, I ran out the door. And um, I... I went to Heathrow Airport to fly to Rome to be involved in this uh, frontier development lab that I've just mentioned. I got to the airport and I, I, I got there only just in time. The M40 was just terrible that morning, or that lunchtime. Um, I got there and I rushed in and I sat down next to two ladies who clearly didn't know one another, but we somehow got talking um, Turned out one of them was a Syrian Christian from, uh, who lives in the States these days. Uh, and I could just see her phone because she had it tilted towards me. And she's saying something like, she was typing in a text message probably to her husband saying, God has led me to such and such or something like that. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So somehow we managed to get into a conversation where... The lady next to me is this Syrian lady who turns out to be a Christian and, and have been running a Freedom in Christ course, which we've, we've done a little bit of Freedom in Christ as well. So that's amazing. And then the lady next to her, who, again, we, we don't even know, pipes up and goes, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian too. I just got off running uh, Premier Praise, you know, the Christian radio station. She does the morning show on a Sunday, and she was just coming over to, to Rome as well with us. And she goes, and God really set me free from, from debt in my life. And, um, 
And so we end up with this conversation around freedom in Christ and being freed from debt. And I haven't even got on a plane yet or anything like that. And I'm, I'm just like, I've been thinking about it this week going, Lord, why did you set me up with those two ladies like that? Uh, in such a peculiar way that ni- none of the three of us had met before, but all of us, you know, we're in a packed area where all, everyone's gone to get on the plane. You know, we're at the gate and everyone, every seat is full ap- apart from one that I sit in and I'm the last one to get there. And it's these two ladies and we talk about freedom in Christ and freedom from debt. And, and, and we're testifying to one another right up until we get kind of through the door of the plane, you know, and into that bit that you get into where you, you have to then find your seat. And it's like, what are you doing, Lord, by this? And I felt him just prompt me this, for this morning to say, yeah, I'm into freedom from debt. I'm into freedom from money ruling people's lives. And say that to my people this morning because I want to encourage them to be free from that. And I think we need to have our hearts ready to be free from, free from debt, but also to be expecting God's provision this morning. So I want to encourage you, if there's, if there's debt or, or what I might call lack in, in your life, in other words, you might not necessarily qualify as debt, but you might feel like, I haven't really got enough in my life to do what I feel God's called me to, or what I need for my life. That could be you as well. And I'd just like to pray in a sec. So I've said three areas that I feel are foundational. We're going to move into praying more for the Holy Spirit to move in in gifts in in our lives as well in in a few minutes. But let me just remind you, there's a call from God to intimacy. There's a call to God from God to trust in him and give things over to him. And there's a call to expect his provision. I'm just wondering whether we can get out of our seats and stand up for a minute. Could you do that, please? Maybe shake yourself a little bit. I'm the only one who's been moving a lot. So if you're feeling like you need to stretch, then that's a good thing to do. (laughs) Maybe the the Holy Spirit will then stretch you more as well today. Um, Could we just be reaching out to God in our hearts. And if there's anything of any of those for you which strike a chord and you go, ah, I need to get back to that intimacy with you. Ah, I need to trust you and lay some things before you, Lord. Or I need to believe you for more of your provision. I just want us to reach out. I'm not going to... I will perhaps pray a few prayers, but I'd like you to be reaching out in your hearts because it's about us individually responding to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your call to us to be intimate. We just say we're sorry for where we've been so busy in our lives that we've let you become on the sidelines and we've not focused on you sufficiently. And for those of us in this room who just want to say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of that intimacy. we just pray that out now, Lord, and say, would you, would you come and give us greater intimacy with you? Help us to move into that zone of being much closer to you in our lives and recognizing you in all situations as I, I've been learning to do. Just encourage you, if that's you, just be speaking that in your heart to the Lord and just saying, 
I want more of you and I want to put behind me the, uh, any lack of intimacy. Lord, where there are things that we've not trusted you for and just been able to leave them with you, there are situations that many of us face in our lives that are too big for us. And we kind of know that, Lord. But we bring them to mind before you now. And we just say, Lord, would you, would you take this thing? <laughs> whatever those things may be, whatever area of need you have or others around you have that, you're, that weigh upon you, it's time just to give those over to God. So I, I encourage you just as... We're doing this just to be saying to God in your heart, I give you that situation, I give you that person, that, that need, that concern. And Lord, we also turn to you about provision. Um, where there are people who are in debt or lack in this meeting, in this room, in this family today, we ask you to meet their needs and set them free. Where debt, the lady who I was talking to was talking about debt being such a trap that she found it hard to get out of. Please would you set people free in this place from debt this morning. And from lack this morning, we ask you for your provision. And for all of us, where I don't know, we sometimes still don't think of you as our father, our wonderful provider. We're, we still don't expect you just to do things like providing flourishing cities that we didn't build or all kinds of good things that we didn't provide. We just want to open our hearts to your provision, Lord, to more of you, Lord. I just encourage you, if that's in your heart, would you just say that, Lord, I'm open to more of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work in us. Great. Good. Perhaps if I can encourage you to take a seat again. We've just got a few more minutes of a few things I felt God highlight to me for us. Oh, I do feel a strong sense of the Holy Spirit. So if I wobble or shake, then uh, bear with me. But I just uh, sense God's presence here. He wants to do stuff in our lives this morning, which is wonderful, isn't it? I felt God provoke me that... I don't know whether you've heard this. There's some whispers going around about people having dreams in this church. In fact, I think there's a group of women who are getting together who are dreamers, which is quite interesting and exciting. I uh, want to encourage us that I believe God is on the move around dreams and interpretations for us. And it's not just providing information in dreams. You know what dreams do? They often unlock situations. They, I had a, a situation where I was struggling with understanding. We were praying for some breakthrough in my own life. This was quite a few years ago now. And I, I never normally remember my dreams. But God spoke really, really clearly in a dream that I can still picture in my mind now. 
about my grandmother being in a room and there being some other people in there with her and uh, there being something that had come into my family through my grandparents that I needed to be set free from. It was to do with Freemasonry, actually, that had been in my family, but it was hidden because my uh, grandparents didn't talk about it because that's what happens with Freemasonry. And God gave me a dream, and I saw her in this, in, in this room, and it might sound a bit freaky or, or strange, but it was like so clear to me that that was the case. And she was still alive at that time, and Carol and I went to see her and had a conversation with her about this, and she kind of wouldn't really answer the question when we asked her about this, which was indicative of there being something there in, in my family. Um, but that was an unlocking of, of what went on after that. I'd been set free from Freemasonry. God changed my life by being set free from that, which is wonderful. And the dream was an unlocking of that. And I want to encourage you that dreams can unlock. Dreams can inform us. Dreams, you, know, uh, you think of Daniel with, as, as a person in the Bible who, who both had dreams himself and interpreted dreams. And you think his interpretation of dreams and Joseph's interpretation of dreams as well in, uh, back in Genesis, they changed the course of nations. <laughs> dreams are really powerfully used by God. Uh, if you think of uh, Jesus' father, Joseph, having a dream and then going a different way with Jesus to protect him from being slaughtered. Yeah, there are dreams that occur throughout the Bible, and I believe God wants more dreams for us. So in a minute, we're going to pray for those who might be stirred to have more dreams or, or, um, or those who might want to have dreams but haven't really had them or those who are feeling like they're on that journey but they're not quite sure how to handle those dreams. I know a number of people I've talked to in this church go, well, I have lots of dreams but I don't quite know what they mean and what to do with them. And I think there's a journey for some of us in that. There's also... Speaking in tongues, which we uh, practice regularly as a church, we are the sort of church which believes in the moving of the Holy Spirit, including tongues and interpretation. And um, I've got this picture. That was the nearest one I could find. I'm not sure whether the disciples would have really looked like that, but uh, that was the nearest one I could see with some tongues of fire there and some speaking in tongues. I believe God wants to extend what we currently see in speaking in tongues. And it's like this stretching into taking ground for Jesus. When you read in Mark's gospel, you read that these signs will accompany those who believe. That's, that's us. <laughs> these signs will accompany us. In my name, they will drive out demons. That's something we do practice as well. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. I'm not sure I've seen that in this congregation. There are some churches who deliberately practice that. But. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. It's what Mark wrote. And I believe there's interesting that the speaking in tongues comes in the middle of all of these areas like driving out demons, picking up snakes, drinking poison, healing the sick. There's something about speaking in tongues that releases God's power into situations. And I, I want to see more of that. I don't know whether you do. And actually, that's something which 
we can all do. If you've not spoken in tongues before, but you've become a Christian, we can pray with you now. Or we can pray for more tongues. Some people I know even pray for different tongues and end up with effectively like a different language when they're speaking out under the Holy Spirit. You may like to ask God for more of tongues this morning. That may be what he's stirring in you. I encourage you in that. Prophecy with power. I believe God's got more in prophecy for us. I've been challenged by talking just to a few friends of mine and just seeing other people operate in the prophetic and seeing how the prophetic can be combined with power to, again, unlock situations like, like I was talking about earlier with, with dreams, um, but come with power to really change uh, people's lives and situations. I want to see more prophetic, and I want to see more power with that, and I believe that's part of what God is stretching us into. Discernment of spirits. There's a bizarre set of photographs online, if you really want to look at them. Uh, All versions of the uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, It's a a strange, strange picture there, but not too bad. I don't think discernment of spirits is always about only the wolf in sheep's clothing type of, uh, type of situation. There are others as well. I've experienced, been on the, I mentioned to you about being set free from some stuff. I've been on the receiving end of some people who move remarkably in discernment of spirits. We, we spent some time with some people praying through some stuff, and they would literally turn up to this time with us. They weren't in this church. They were in a, a retreat center in Gloucestershire. And they would turn up, and they would just have this set of uh, they, discernments that they'd done, effectively. They'd, they'd basically heard God about various things in, our, in my life, uh, in my past, my family mainly, and they would just put, hit the nail on the head with all of these things by saying, a, there's a spirit of this in this situation. There's a spirit of this in this situation. And over a period of time, they just prayed through things and set, set me free from uh, what was Freemasonry then. But what I want to explain to you is that there is an anointing and an enabling to discern spirits, which is absolutely amazing and can unlock people's lives and lead them into freedom. And I want more of that. We, Carol, I've, I've, in my university job, I've had a colleague who's been really difficult to work with. And Carol and I were praying about her the other day. And Carol goes, she's got a usurper spirit. And I'm like, ooh, usurper spirit, what does that mean? You know, ooh, that's a bit, bit strange. But she's trying to usurp positions of authority in the team that I've been working with in the university and we just prayed and said no to that spirit at work. And although she hasn't changed, her influence, I think, has changed on the team that I'm with. And that's because Carol was able to discern something in the Holy Spirit, in, in, her, in, in the way she, this lady is. It doesn't stop me caring for her, reaching out to her. But there is something at work in her which is not of God and is damaging to the people and the situation which I work in. Um, So that's a more recent example of discernment of spirits. But I want to encourage you that that is a gift that's available to people. 
here. It's available to all of us, but some of us may well find God stirring us more than others in this. And I'd like to pray for that. So I was mentioning the earlier stuff. I won't, re- I won't continue on that. But what we're talking about, I feel like God wants us to stretch in a few areas this morning. So dreams, tongues, prophecy, and discernment are the areas. John Snelson had a word for us uh, a, minute, uh, a few minutes ago when Al and I were just uh, chatting with him about this. I think fits very well with this. And I'm wondering if you can come up and just share. Because I think God's at work in these areas. So do grab her, yeah. So I had a picture of a tractor that was uh, going through a field planting seeds. And as soon as the seeds were planted, um, plants would spring up uh, and grow to near, nearly to maturity. Um, and uh, I, you know, I was just talking to God and thinking about and asking him what that meant. And I feel that God uh, today for us really wants to sow into us um, he has, I think, put in various people here um, desire to see um, him move more in their lives, in the church. Um, you know, maybe when uh, we've been talking about our vision and about the, the, the um, kind of spiritual uh, development that we want to see, people have been saying, yes, I want to see more, um, you know, more prayer going on and more... Um, what's it called, intercessory prayer, Um, or maybe they've thought about the school of the supernatural and said, yes, I want to see more healing, or I want to see more prophetic words bringing life into people. But it's it's like, I think almost like, oh, but I haven't developed that yet. I haven't done that yet. And I think what God wants to do today is to bring, like, a, like take a giant step forward in your life, basically, to bring something up in you that takes it forwards more than is naturally possible, but as a gift from him to bless the church and to bless the world. He wants to bring you on in that. So I would love to be mm. praying with people around that kind of idea after Mm. as well that's great thank you John that's great could we have the band back up please and we're going to spend some time worshipping and some time praying as well I uh, there may be a number of these things which you have been uh, stirred about it may be that there's other things that are not on this list but you're feeling like God's stirring you about that's also great what I'd like to do, and I'm not quite sure how to orchestrate this, is we need to have a freedom to go around and pray for one another, for more of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. This is something we can all do and all be involved in. So I'm not thinking of this as something that only I will do or only John will do or Al will do. So I just believe God wants to stir more uh, through his Holy Spirit in us and I'm wondering about the way of doing it being that what we could do is break into some smaller groups and pray. And by smaller groups, I'm talking maybe, maybe even 10 or 15 people in a group, in an area. And just if, if God has, has spoken anything to you, then put, put your hand up and say, I, I, I just think there's something here for me around 
dreams or tongues or the prophetic, and, I, and I'd like more. And, we'll, and people will then respond. What I'm encouraging is that the, the people around you will respond. If you're a visitor or you're not used to this, please uh, either continue. There'll be some worship going on in the background, or you may just want to watch and see what happens. That's okay. Uh, we'll do this in quite an organic, quite a, a, a loose way in, in, in terms of enabling this. And, and there'll be worship going on, which will be a bit more in the background because we'll be praying. So we don't want to be having the music right the way over the top of what we're doing. But if we can break up in that sort of way. Al, does that sound like a reasonable way of doing it? Is there anything else I need to say? Or does that, is that clear enough for people?